it's it's just a beautiful sound the one thing that i love about playing the cello is the resonance that it gives between actually holding the instrument and actually playing the instrument I need The smallest vibrations, if it's off at that moment, I can fix it by simply moving my finger or switching to a different position. This is Sounds from the Street, where we get to meet the men and women who define street sense. DC's nonprofit media center dedicated to creating economic opportunities for people experiencing homelessness. I'm your host, Adam Campy. In the last episode, Benjamin Gates told us about his successful experience busking and how he's parlayed that into other gigs in town. But it wasn't always smooth sailing. A few years back, he had to leave college in Virginia after a little controversy over founding a string quartet. It went against school policy and ended a long-term personal relationship. Suddenly, he found himself back in D.C. at a crossroads. Without income from his quartet or his education, he applied to a community college and looked for a job. You know, my mother, she's very supportive. I remember all of this was happening, and we're sitting in a Red Robin. (laughs) We're sitting in a Red Robin across from each other, and I'm telling her that I'm going to put music down for six whole months. Like, I'm not going to do music because of the way everything just ended at this last point in my life. So I got the job at Red Robin. I ended up moving up to the kitchen all the way up to the point where they were getting ready to train me for a management position. When a few months had passed, I realized that music was definitely something that I couldn't continue to live without. It's something that's been in my life since the very beginning. And today we're going back to the very beginning to hear about his musical roots in the D.C. Youth Orchestra, where in fact he discovered the cello and eventually the illustrious Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Can you just talk about the moment that um, that you wanted to be a musician? Can you take us back to that yeah. day? Yeah. Again, credit goes to mom because I was spending my Saturday. Mom's going to be so happy hearing this. She is. She is. <laughs> but I was spending my Saturdays like watching cartoons, Batman, Superman, animated series, and everything else. And I guess she got tired of it because one day she calls me in her room and she's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do sports? Do you want to do music? And it just so happened at the time I ended up leaning with music. I honestly don't have an explanation to the answer. It's just left or right. And I decided to go left or so. And um, what she did afterwards is she took me to an organization known as DC Youth Orchestra, which had a petting zoo. Uh, And the petting zoo basically allows kids to come in and try out the different instruments to see if they want to learn on it or play it. And then they register you for the fall season of the class. So I went through the petting zoo and the instrument that I really wanted to play (laughs) was the drums. I wanted to be a drummer. And she didn't like the idea of me sitting in the house all day banging on some snare drums and I guess making all of this loud ruckus. So the next instrument was the cello. And at this time at DC Youth Orchestra's history, where I was going through the petting zoo, the rule was that the cello was the only instrument that could sit down in the orchestra and play. And I now know being older that they meant for the classes. So Everyone else, I believe they had standing up playing violin or whatever the case was, but you could only sit down and play the cello. So 
I played the cello, I liked the cello, and I liked being able to sit with the cello. So <laughs> my main reason <laughs> for going with the cello was because I can sit and play the cello and I wouldn't have to stand and play the so cello. because you're lazy, <laughs> you chose the cello. Yeah, pretty much. That's how it went. So, <laughs> And it's also a gorgeous, gorgeous instrument. Yes, yes. And, of course, the sound it is... It sounds amazing. <laughs> it has a beautiful, beautiful, very soulful sound, <laughs> and it's amazing. And speaking of that sound, um, mm-hmm. uh, let's pretend like you're talking to someone else, but somebody from another planet, another dimension in time, maybe somebody you can't even hear. How would you describe the sound of the cello? The sound of a cello, for me... It's it's just a beautiful sound. The one thing that I love about playing the cello is the resonance that it gives between actually holding the instrument and actually playing the instrument. What I mean, you know, when you hold an acoustic cello and it's sitting against your sternum and you're playing and you can feel all of the vibrations from the instrument against you. And I feel like that's essentially making me a part of the instrument. It's been a it's a very intimate relationship with it because where it's a problem with sound. If it doesn't sound too good, I can put my ear against the peg and I can hear everything from within. The smallest vibrations, if it's off at that moment, I can fix it by simply moving my finger or, you know, switching to a different position. The cello, I would say, is uh, is a very great experience too because it requires that you have to be very loose and fluid with the instrument you can't it's not an instrument that you can be tense with and there's a lot of things that you you know with the cello you can't keep tense you can't keep your wrist tense you can't keep your arm tense you can't keep your your fingers tense a part of the training this not so much about the cello but a part of an orchestral training is breathing while playing so when you have a, a group of notes coming up if you need to be on the beat you breathe while coming down with the beat so you're in sync and just to be able to do that while having the motions that I do while playing the cello or any cellist has while you know playing the cello those motions it's very free and it's very expressive and um, the cello definitely has a figure and it all depends on who you are when you look at the cello if you look at the cello and you see something smooth going on with it, then you might be thinking of a glass of wine walking into a room with Barry White playing. <laughs> so there's one explanation from one perspective. And then like if, uh, you know, on the other side, if you're looking at it, you know, it's it's this instrument that has this that has this figure that anybody can pick up and play. But it's it's hard to say like it's just the way the light hits it it's the way the wood you know the wood shines it's it's hard to explain that's what i love about the instrument is it's so free it has a wonderful sound it resonates beautifully with the user of the instrument you have to be fluent and the relationship that you start to gain with this instrument i feel like there are a few relationships it's only one of one or two for me and the different relationships that I've had with my cello is one where I give it its respect. I understand what it is. I understand what it does. I understand the impact that it had on my life. And 
when I pick that instrument up, it's having an understanding that, you know, I'm just kind of a catalyst, but everything comes from within this instrument right here. And for me just performing, I've had amazing moments within playing the cello, very humbling moments. And then on the other perspective, there's the side of understanding I'm the person that picks up the bow. I'm the person that puts the fingers onto this instrument. I feel as much, I I feel one with this instrument. So when I put this cello down or when I close my eyes or like, or I'm listening to my own work or imagining something, I'm not seeing a different entity outside of myself because the cello and I are essentially the same thing. And when you're performing, do you, do you see anything? Do you have, do you have images or pictures in your mind? It varies. I I imagine, yeah, it depends on how you're feeling, the day, your mood, the weather, et cetera. But a lot of people, when they play, at least in jazz, and I guess this probably translates to classical as well, pianists particularly seem to close their eyes. I can tell you this. I don't know. I guess lights. That's what I see. I see uh, just a lot of different lights. I don't really see anything else. I don't see the audience. I don't really know the stage that I'm on. And it's like, you know, getting ready to go and do, you know, to go on stage or to get ready to perform before audience, it's a different scenario because I'm seeing all of these people right here in front of me. This is a nerve wracking experience just to get up here. But when it comes to the playing, it's almost as if like everything just kind of fades out. And so back to this, the D.C. Youth Orchestra and then the Duke County School of the Arts. So clearly arts education played an enormous role right. in your musical development. Right. In reflecting back on where you are now with this you know, pretty amazing skill, why arts education mattered. And mattered to you, but also just matters in general. Arts education, D.C. Youth Orchestra was the first thing that got me into doing music and everything else. And then after getting into playing music and performing through D.C. Youth Orchestra, still being a child, that's when my mother had started looking into other schools that had good music programs just so I could continue to learn throughout the week because D.C. Youth Orchestra was a Saturday-only program. It was only uh, on the weekend. So I ended up getting a chance to go to Johnny Howard and Davis Elementary School, Thomas Johnson Middle School. And these are all places in which I went into to be a part of their music program. So these were public schools and these were public schools in Prince George's County. When it came to like these environments, It was great to kind of learn and to, I guess, kind of have a week to continue to work on my craft by the time I got back to D.C. Youth Orchestra, whatever it was that they had assigned us for homework. It was like, you know, coming in and still having everything up to go and ready to play. So that was uh, that was really nice. But more so when it comes to um, to education and arts and what I've started to learn and appreciate as I get older it's it's mostly about the culture. Getting into music, I got a chance to learn a lot about, you know, different music histories. And through learning about music history, you get to learn about different points in the world. And um, 
What the music in the school system allowed me to do is it continued to allow me to train this art, which had started off as an extracurricular activity in in D.C. Youth Orchestra, not calling them an extracurricular activity, but for how I was taking it at the time. So to be able to have that in schools and to be able to have an art block that I feel that I can focus on something, it doesn't feel like so much of a jolt, I would say, when you start to look at these different colleges or different programs or even career paths that you can take. And, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, not being trained up to that point because, you you know, you've been trained, you've been trained up until your entire life. And I won't get into the whole how people, you know, there are different claims, I'll put it like that, there are different claims that it helps them, you know, better towards education or better towards math or anything like that. But I will speak from personal experience. I have gotten better at math. I have gotten better at breaking my numbers down, which has in turn helped my bills. And uh, not only that, just in terms of uh, different environments that being in music while being in the school system put me in as a child, it allowed me to... I remember I got a chance to meet Mayor Fenty when he was still in office and things of that nature. So it put me in environments that required that I kind of step out of this childlike mentality and allow myself to be able to stand in a room with these people and be able to hold a conversation with them at such a young age. So even if you look at it from that end, that goes into social skills and things of that nature. So music can lead to a lot of different avenues. what my goal is for next year. I'm still going to go out and busk. It's just something that I love doing. If I can set up enough shows on a consistent basis for myself, then the next phase is going to start becoming to manage and get shows for other musicians in Washington, D.C. Because I have had people ask, you know, with busking and things like this, well, how are you making busking work? Or how do you get this event? And and I, I say this everywhere that I get a chance to talk, but I had a mother, you know, who she decided that even with her own things that were going on in her life, with her job and her situation, that she was going to take the time to help me out via helping me connect with people, helping manage the group, making sure that, you know, when we accept these gigs, that we make sure that we're coming into it. We're, we know what we're going to be. We know what we're going to do. We have a mission. It's like, and that's how we like to have our gigs. When we come in, we like to have a list of goals. We like to make sure we can accommodate anyone in the environment. And we just want to make sure that everyone feels good before we leave. And she has been so phenomenal and I can't stress that enough. I love my mother like <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't stress that enough. She has been a very powerful influence to everything that I'm trying to build right now. And yeah, and she's even been supportive of my busking. There have been times, you know, that she's met people that I've met out through busking and she's been out there with me and had the pleasures of meeting them as well. So, I would say this, through busking, I have gotten a lot of amazing opportunities and a lot of those opportunities were not just for pay those opportunities were getting a chance to meet people that if I remained in a certain place I may have never gotten the chance to be humbled to allow myself to meet these people today so that within itself is a blessing That was part two of a conversation with cellist Benjamin Gates.
Next time, we've got a Veterans Day special with artist, raconteur, and veteran, Robert Williams. To hear more sounds from the street, check out streetsense.org backslash audio. You can also find us on SoundCloud or Stitcher. And soon enough, you'll be able to find us on iTunes. Please keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter at DC. The Sounds from the Street theme song, I Need a Dollar, How to Make It in America, performed by Aloe Black from the album Good Things, used courtesy of Stone's Throw Records. The song is composed by Aloe Black with Leon Michaels, Nick Movshawn, and Jeff Dynamite, and used by permission of Songs of Cobalt Music Publishing, EMI Blackwood Music Incorporated, slash Sony ATV. Excerpt of Raindrops on Ice and Other Cello Instrumentals by Benjamin Gates. The following songs use courtesy of Creative Commons and found on WFMU's Free Music Archive. Excerpt of Suede, Curious, Mangata, and Triumph, composed and performed by John Luke Hefferman from the album Production Music, used courtesy of Needle Drop Company. <laughs> ¶¶